Just a heads up, this podcast may contain adult language and themes. Listener discretion is advised. If you're looking for a podcast that begs the listener to stop and ask themselves if they truly are happy with their long distance plan. When's the last time you were asked that? It's been ages. (laughs) It's not an invitation. Or if you're looking for a podcast about the continued very high price of eggs. If you're looking for a podcast about knitting. Or if you're looking for a podcast about Candy Crush tips, I am. I am. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> Let us know. Otherwise, I don't think this, this is, is the podcast, podcast for, you. for you. That's Haley. I'm Sarah, and it's spooky season. Let's get scary. Woo! Hit it. Round table. Round table. Talk to me. What's going on with jury duty? How is it? Tell me what's going on. We've come out on the other side. So I I like I. So let me just take you through the day. First of all, I could barely sleep. I was so excited. I wake up early. I have three alarms set instead of my usual two alarms. (laughs) (laughs) You're adorable. I love it. It's this is my civic duty. It is a um, honor to be summoned to legally have to appear in court. So I get all ready, have my shower, look pretty, pick a like mock turtleneck black short sleeve, not sleeveless, short sleeve, and it's like a sort of like a softy kind of cashmere feel, but not cashmere because I'm not rich and I want to be approachable. Um, and then just like a pair of like black pants with, um, like they're just white wide leg and they also had tummy control, which I don't like need need, but it was uh... anyway, I'm walking to jury duty because it's just literally around the corner from where I live, the Supreme court and the provincial court I'm right there. And, um, like there's a bunch of other people in the street. They are also walking in this sort of same direction. And I'm thinking like, is this how many people come to jury duty? I don't know get to the courthouse there's um an elevator and sort of like a a reception desk and then like courtrooms and um there's a sign that says like jury duty use elevator to get to third floor and so there's like a bunch of people standing and waiting there's two two elevators but nothing's happening so i'm like what the fuck i stand there for like two seconds because i can't be bothered there's no stairs i can't see them I'm so I just go in front of this huge crowd and I just go, I'm just gonna, and then like I hit the elevator button to call the elevator because no one had that's the jury of your peers, my friends. Red flag number one, right? I was like, oh, so then someone goes, oh, she's got the magic touch. Oh, fuck um, off. Yeah, because you're already worried that you're gonna be pegged as, oh, well, we found our leader. Yeah, you know, someone has hit the, hit the button. And it's like, yeah. oh my god. So I don't say anything because I have it drilled into me that I shouldn't say anything at all. Because like already, like I have these jokes in my head. I'm like, don't say those out loud. Don't say that. Don't look that way. Just get into the elevator with everybody. So oh, people pile onto the elevator. Yeah, I know. That's and then so like, I I pull the same 
um, stunt that we used to pull at the experience where you like pretend to tie your shoe or something like that. So you get on the elevator last. So you're on the bridge first first for the shuttle first. Yeah. Anyway. So I'm like, I get, I get on last and it's totally full. And, and someone goes, did, Oh, did you press the elevator button to call the elevator? And I just went, yep. But in my head, I wanted to say, guilty as charged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my I God. Got- the thing that's impressing me already is the fact that you're in your, like, zone of, like, beyond excitement. And you've already had two wins. Like, your brain oh, no. is still functioning. I would have been, like, yeah. This is it. So we the elevator doors open. And it's just this, like, really long sort of narrow hallway where there's a desk with two sheriffs and then like 200 seats maybe but like crammed in there now i worked on the public health guidelines for covid for courthouses they had no ventilation anyway it was bad news anyway doesn't matter there's like 300 people there and i'm just like oh my god first of all there were at least like two biker dudes with like biker vests and i was thinking well they're gonna be Excuse well, it's like rented from a costume place to try to get the fuck out of jury duty. Guaranteed. As I was like waiting to check in, you could <laughs> see the people. Of anarchy on the back. It's not even real. <laughs> Sorry. Precedent. Precedent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, anyway, sorry. And so, like, I'm I'm hearing people. These are all strangers. No one knows each other. And I can hear this guy. First, I can hear this one guy go, well, did you, did you get the shot? The AstraZeneca? And I was like, okay, can we not fucking, can we not in this scenario where we have to be together all day? No. And then I hear these other people, oh, yeah, all you have to do is just say you have vacation or like you can't work because you have a kid or like you can't go to jury yeah. duty because you have to so all these people are like actively trying to get out of it. Meanwhile, I'm like waiting to like check in and I'm like worried that I haven't done something right. My name's not going to be on the list. And But I get to the desk and then, you know, checks me in or whatever. And then I like went and I stood in the corner because I didn't want to take a seat from somebody else. And I'm standing in this corner and there's sort of like a desky thing behind me, but it's like too high to sit on and too low to, it doesn't matter. It was like a built in piece of furniture. And I'm, I'm sort of leaning up against it. And this guy comes up to me and he goes, he's got a cup of coffee and he goes, excuse me. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, uh, and he, he wants to put his coffee down, I guess, but he doesn't say this. He just goes, well, it'll just be a minute. I'm like, okay. And so I like move. And then he just puts all his shit down on this like furniture behind me and then takes my spot. And I was like, dude, what? Anyway. They open up the courthouse, the courtrooms, because like there's so many people, there's nowhere to sit. So the sheriffs are like, you guys can come in and sit in here. So I go front row, right? Like they want it, like it matters. And like people behind me can hear them introducing themselves. I'm not talking. I'm not making eye contact with anybody. I'm not on my phone. You're not supposed to be on your phone. Um, The sheriff comes in and says, they'll start the selection process in about an hour. And the guy next to me kind of goes, oh, what? Like, here I'm like, what the fuck? Like, we were told, be prepared. It's going to yeah. be all day. Bring your lunch. Like, bring some water. It's a thing. 
anyway, um, this, uh, <laughs> the, the judge. Yeah. 20 minutes in and he's already thinking, like, I can get out of here. Like, fuck, fuck, people are dumb. Like, are you kidding? So I like, take my book out and I'm just, like, reading. Anyway, then this judge, the judge comes in. We all stand up, like, all rise. And I immediately think of boners. But and then I start laughing. <laughs> to myself i hope you're reading a book that was like a true crime like <laughs> just like what's the most awkward book you could have like how to impress a judge and it. do jury duty for dummies i thought about like bringing a brief history of time uh, but i <laughs> ended up with like a giller like cbc giller prize winner about like a halfway house it doesn't matter um uh, anyway um so the judge comes in we stand up we sit down and he goes he basically says, like, sorry to waste everybody's time. We just got word from the defendant's physician that he's seriously ill and he can't, you know, he can't commence with the trial. Um, you're all like every single person that was there was there for this trial selection. Oh, wow. So, so many people. So nine days, criminal trial, whatever it was. But like the defendant or whatever was in court. He was in the courtroom. He was just like some old dude with like who had a walker just reminded me of Harvey Weinstein when he like suddenly became elderly overnight and was like, I can't. It reminded me of that kind of it wasn't going to be an interesting case. You could tell. Anyway, the judge was like, thanks. Thanks so much. Um, Sorry, we couldn't have told you any earlier. Wouldn't have been possible. And I hope you get picked to participate in the judicial process again. You're excused. And I'm like crestfallen. I look next <laughs> to me. The guy next to me looks like he's won the fucking lottery. Everyone's high fiving behind you. His face. He was just like, "Oh my god!" I couldn't. And I was like, "What the fuck?" And so I'm like, <laughs> trudge home. Um, John, you know, who was expecting this, you know, you know, he greets me at the door, all that kind of stuff. And then I was just like in a mood for the rest of the day. I could not get out of it. I was in a mood. I couldn't even <laughs> like I, I you should have seen me. I was in such such a bitch. Anyway. <laughs> I just love it. I love it. Because it's the polar opposite of every jury selection story you've ever heard in your life. Like everybody wants to get out of it. And the one girl who's oh, just no. chomping at the bit, itching, like a fucking addict needing another hit. And this is what happens. You know, I know that the system works because I was summoned. I will be summoned again. Um put it on your vision board. It's, and, and like John's like what can we do to like meet that need like what is it about mock trial it's not I, it's not enough it's not enough I need the real like world consequences and you know what it is is I want to be in charge of somebody's destiny <laughs> you want to play God I, get it. I do <laughs> and so you know what it's maybe it's a good thing that it didn't happen um there, there you go. What a story! I don't even know if you have any. Can you follow up with anything else after that? There's nothing else. Like, that's it, man. I have no reason to live now that my jury didn't come through. <laughs> Look at us both with our Kleenexes. I know. Um, so I muted for a second so I can blow my schnoz. Schnoz. 
Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Like, I just kind of thought, like, that sucks. Anyway, earlier today, I was thinking, like, do you remember when things were, like, more simple and we were, like, only afraid of, like, quicksand and, like, lead from pencils and also, like, the ozone hole? Like, the layer of so, the ozone like, hole? 1994. Yeah. Yeah. And now things are like so much more serious and shitty. And like, you'd think that you have the capabilities to like deal with it all. But, and I promise that my antidepressants are working. (laughs) I, uh, I, I, I am, I am the selfish asshole who does not watch the news, does not read the paper, does not listen to the news, does not follow anything on social media to do with the news. I am aware that there is a conflict in Israel and Palestine. I am aware (laughs) that um, mass shootings are happening. People are dying. The world is dying. Animals are going feral. And we're probably like 20 days away from a zombie apocalypse. But um, And no one has houses and everyone's mad and no one can have an Airbnb in BC anymore. I know all about it. I just want to live my life until I fucking die. Like I just, yeah, at this point, that's you know enough. What? I just want good stuff in my life. I just want to yeah. be worried about the good stuff that my family, my friends, I'm saving my energy for that. Cause if yeah, something man. happens to somebody important, I want to be able to give it my all. Yeah. And it's just like, but stopping and really thinking about like, instead of just saying it, yeah, I know I'm really lucky. Like, no, really like be grateful. Yeah gratitude and attitude of gratitude and to just get more good things coming towards you it's just the secret absolutely it is power of positivity man yeah man after the best medicine and whatever other thing you can say (laughs) anyway um what is this a star trek podcast supposed to cheer people up (laughs) take away their problems um what's what have i got to report this is not the podcast for you (laughs) oh my god um i went to toronto T-Dot. We got an executive suite to see the Blue Jays play. I saw Hudson and Rex in person. Oh my God. I am, um, I'm going to Vegas next week for SEMA. I'm going to Japan in December. I watched the movie Bullet Train last night to get excited about Japan. Now I'm scared because apparently the Bullet Train is full of assassins. So that's great. <laughs> Fuck my life. Now I got to prepare for that. I got to get my sword fighting on and whatever. If I see Brad Pitt, I swear to God, I'm going to go running. Uh, we just celebrated, you and me, our four-year anniversary of the first episode of Rewind coming out, The Naked Now. Don't go back and listen to it. It's probably horrifying. <laughs> Do not. Um, I have been busy watching The Golden Bachelor. It's adorable. Yes. It's senior citizens, bachelor style. I've been catching up on The Kardashians. I've been watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I am obsessed with that show. I love it. They are horrible people, and it's funny. And I just got in the mail my um, Harry Potter flute sheet music that comes with the uh, background instrumental so I can play along like I am in the orchestra. That is going to be so exciting, dude. It is so exciting. I listened to the music already. I have busted out my flute. Uh, I am in tune. Um, I have to practice. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody who used to play very well and used to teach, I have lost my skill, but I can bring it back. It'll that come back. It's life. like riding a bike. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before we go and start talking about family, uh, let's give a quick fucking shout out to fan sets. Um, everybody, stop. It's fan sets. Go to their website, 
go shopping and take a look at some of the stuff that I saw on the website. Um, Like Picard, Borg Slayer, Delta Pin. Um, A Garrick from Deep Space Nine pin. A Las Vegas Quark themed uh, from the STLV pin. And Tromboner Riker, but it's got sparkles. I mean, it's... (laughs) It's awesome. It's a really cool looking pen. I kind of want it. So go check those out. Check out the other stuff they have. Grab a bunch. You can do your Christmas shopping now. It's a great gift for the Star Trek geek in your life. Use the special discount code TrekGeeks at checkout to save yourself 10%. You know the drill. It's all caps. It's one word, TrekGeeks. <laughs> and if you're shipping it within the U.S., that shipping is free on orders over 30 bucks. Fan sets. Our pen theft character. It's perfect. Okay. This is how we do mm-hmm. it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you did the synopsis. I did. I'd love to hear it. I'm gonna. That's convenient and timely because I'm gonna tell you it. Yes. Oh my god! And Look at us. We're lying everyone now. else is listening. Hi. Okay. So first of all, the episode is family. I already forget what season it's from, but it's from an okay season four, season four, episode nine. I don't know. Okay. Close enough. The enterprise is in a docking station for repairs outside of earth and the crew is getting ready to go on shore leave. Worf tells Riker he doesn't want his parents to visit because he's dishonored by his discommendation. Riker's like, yeah, well, at least we aren't all Borgs because this is after the Borg thing. In his room, Picard talks with Troy about his plans to go visit his family for the first time in 20 years. Troy is wearing the best dress, and she knows it. Troy is happy he is going, but is concerned about him visiting home after being captured by the Borg will be met with scrutiny. I don't understand this, but that's the story they're going with. She approaches Picard and kisses him on the cheek, wishing him a good trip. He finishes packing, and we're off. Worf busts into the transporter room, complaining to O'Brien that his mother is always late. He wants the visit to be over already. Worf's parents show up and they start to fawn over him. They're so cute. Cut to Picard walking down a country lane in his best joggers and deepest V-neck shirt. He can hear someone in the bushes. It's a child who doesn't have an imagination and turns out to be Picard's nephew. I didn't catch his name. Later, I write, it is Renee. It's obvious Picard's brother has been badmouthing Picard, which has the visit off to a great start. At the house, I know. He's such a jerk. At the house, Picard meets his brother's wife, Marie, and remarks that the home and property looks the same. Cut to a super salty Robert. Robert, (laughs) sorry. Mashing a handful of grapes into his face. He makes no effort to get up and greet Jean-Luc and instead just tells him he'll see him later while he tends to one of the vines. On the ship, Crusher and Troy are having a drink, and Crusher, for some reason, has her dead husband's uniform and some of his effects delivered to her quarters. She says that he proposed to her by giving her his uniform. Like, to wash? Like, I want you to be the one who watches this for the rest of my life? I guess it's kind of romantic. Worf and Jordy are giving Worf's parents a tour of engineering. I get distracted and remember I wanted to find out what roles in horror movies the TNG cast have played, so I start looking that up. Back at Chica- uh, Chateau Picard, 
Robert, Marie, Renee, and Jean-Luc are having dinner, and Robert takes every opportunity to be difficult and rehash old issues. He is quite obviously against Jean-Luc's line of work and doesn't appear to like the fact that the technology has improved people's lives. He is such a grunt. Who is he? Alan Rickman? (laughs) (laughs) Well... I haven't mm. even finished the diary. I can't. <laughs> Such a bum. I don't. God, hey, dodged a bullet, eh? <laughs> <laughs> now I got distracted by looking up whether Patrick Stewart and Alan Rickman knew each other. And according to Google, they were pals. And Patrick Stewart couldn't stop thinking of his own mortality after Alan died. I missed an entire scene. <laughs> <laughs> That is my ADD brain. Anytime I watch something, it's like, oh, Internet Movie Database. Who's this person in the background that just walked by and fake sneezed? Oh, it's like, oh my God, I need to know. Yeah. 10 forward. Worf and his parental units are having a drink. Worf is looking uncomfortable, but his parents seem so lovely and are having fun. Riker calls Worf away. Saved by the communicator badge, am I right? Guinan introduces herself to Worf's parents and asks the big question. How come you never gave Worf prune juice? He said he'd never tried it until the Enterprise and he can't get enough of it. They say that Worf never liked or asked for human food. I would argue that prune juice is not suitable for human consumption, so his behavior tracks. (laughs) Back at Chateau Picard, Louis Lewis? And Jean-Luc talk about potential plans for Jean-Luc to take over some duties or something. This is what I missed when I was looking up whether Alan Rickman and Peace Stu were friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then I write in all caps, Wesley, we're back on the prize. And Crusher gives Wesley something. I don't know what it is because I was using all my brain power to figure out if he was that age, of age at that time. Why am I such a pervert? <laughs> Worf is now doing something in a mirror. That's helpful. When his parents ring his doorbell, he tells them he was conflicted about their visit and he needs to deal with his dishonor alone. His parents are like, you do you, but you don't have to do it alone. And he's like, oh, yay. (laughs) (laughs) Back at the Chateau, Picard's brother gives him a hard time about Synthahol and asks him what happened to him up there, probably meaning the whole Borg thing, and says he he assumes humiliation was part of it, something Jean-Luc was due for. What the H? Picard gets up and leaves. His brother falls him and tries to knock him down. Speaking of which, Picard throws a punch and they start fighting and getting all muddy. They end up laughing, which must be some guy thing I don't understand. If two girls ever ended up fighting in the mud like that, firstly, it would be in a man's dream. And second, they wouldn't laugh. They'd be passive aggressive to each other for years. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) We're the worst. anyway then sean luke starts crying about how he couldn't overcome the borg and they end up making up i don't care anymore about this side story but everything ends up fine (laughs) on the ship wesley enters the holodeck program i guess this is what crusher gave him jack shows up and he says that wes is about 10 days or 10 weeks or something old and he's recording this knowing that he won't be around i don't get it did he know he was going to die that's weird anyway after learning about will wheaton's childhood i care even more about wesley I get into this later. John goes, I'm confused. Where's the mysterious entity that's taken over one of their bodies and is getting angry because the crew is doing something generic that is killing it, which is like every other episode. (laughs) Worf's parents leave. Renee thinks about space. The end. That's it. Brilliant. Thank you. 
welcome. All right. Come let's talk about us. this episode. Family. Speaking of family, um, I have some thoughts. Not a lot. Just no, a me few. neither. Go ahead. Yeah. I find it really weird that Worf is so Klingon. I mean, he was yeah. raised by humans in a human culture that's nature versus nurture. It's very messy here. I mean, when he was a kid, he probably didn't like human stuff because his parents were human, but did he just like treat them so badly that they had to go and find everything Klingon to give him a Klingon a child upbringing? Like, I can't see those two adorable old people going to those kinds of crazy means. Like, it's just so weird that he's got such a Klingon stick up his butt, right? Totally agree 100 yeah. percent. yeah like i get that if you were ostracized because you're the only klingon a bunch of bunch of human kids that sure. you'd be like i really want to learn about my history and my traditions and stuff but you'd still like kind of do like it's like it's like the the muggleborns in the harry potter world like they still have a little bit more of a pulse to what's going on in the real world you know what i mean as yeah. opposed to yeah. like the ones that were like i was born and raised in this and i don't know what a car alarm is anyway exactly i'm looking at you arthur so true (laughs) what exactly is the function of a rubber duck um and i i kind of liked the mud fight uh i thought it was funny i thought it was very typical brothers like i saw it come in and saw them laughing and i was like oh that's so like you just don't see picard in that kind of light very often and getting him like you don't see people pushing his buttons so much and it's like if anyone's going to push your buttons it's going to be family um yeah but the wife uh she's a little flirty like there's you feel like there's maybe a part of her that's wondering did i pick the right brother i don't know did you pick up on that i did i and i agree with you mm. she picked the wrong brother what a grump oh he's a total grumpy butt i mean picard's also like a grump oh. but like he's also kind of silly yeah as well. mm-hmm. like he's worth the grumpiness <laughs> <laughs> he's attractive enough <laughs> he's i guess he passed it oh god that's so yeah. funny nice my 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 note this episode was fine i guess i know i picked it nothing really <laughs> happened it was just an episode about family conflict <laughs> yeah i i actually thought the entire episode was based on the trip of Picard visiting his family I forgot that there was the uh, wharf stuff and all that so that was kind of a nice surprise I'm glad that they had the wharf stuff if they didn't yeah. I mean I must have really liked this as a child or something because I picked this one on purpose the Wesley stuff was a little bit surprising to me I was like I, I don't know maybe I'm not a mother so how would I know but like I found it kind of odd that she held back something like that for so long and forgot about it like this is a video of his dad like and then just giving it to him and then like, here you go. Bye. Like, yeah. It's, it's not, not ideal. Yeah, no, not just, great. Yeah, just kind of a throwaway. Like, you didn't need to write that into the script, I don't think. No, I agree. And they also, like, it's, it's just another example of, like, I don't want to say that the writers d- don't have kids because I don't know. But, like, yeah. the kids on the Enterprise are not treated very well. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's terrible. <laughs> um, let's do some trivia and some goofs okay um i'll start robert hands jean-luc a bottle of wine in their parting scene yet as picard walks away he is not carrying the bottle the bottle seems too large to have been stowed in picard's shoulder bag and he is not seen placing it there so i ask you where's the bottle so i ask you riddle me this 
Uh, it certainly can't be in that bag. That bag is probably big enough to hold a bottle of wine. The no. just, I just kind of thought, like, but in the future... It's like an art drawing tube. Yeah, totally. Christ. Okay. When Wesley enters the holodeck, the hologram of his father is not wearing a comm badge. The hologram is then wearing a comm badge in closer shot. Oh, come on, people. It's so simple. Ruin the episode. <laughs> um, as Robert, yeah, yeah. Robert, um, as uh, Bob follows Jean-Luc outside before their fight, he picks up a rag or towel and takes it with him. He doesn't appear to have it in his hands as they walk, talk, and fight. But it reappears in his hand after their fight, and he's sitting on the ground. Mystery ghost towel. The rag. The amount of mud on the back of Robert's shirt changes several times during the fight in the vineyard. Like, this basic stuff takes you out of it, right? Like, for me. <laughs> this isn't real? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, the direction of the sunlight during the scenes in the vineyard keeps changing. I mean, fuck me, right? <laughs> like, why do I, I even mean... keep watching at this point? <laughs> what, are they not really uh, at Chateau Picard? <laughs> Could they not afford it? Wait till you hear the next one, people. Haley, tell them. During dinner with Robert and his family, the level of wine in Picard's glass changes glass <laughs> up and down. Why? As Jean-Luc and René walk towards the house, René carries Jean-Luc's bag over his right shoulder. He then shifts it to his left shoulder before sprinting towards the house. When the camera angle changes, the bag's back on his right shoulder. Actually, I do this because my shoulders get mm. sore if something's heavy. It's true that, you know, you could have could have mentioned yeah. or like missed it. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll let that one go, maybe. Yeah, we'll let it slide. But only if that's what happened. Whoever put that one on Internet Food Database was getting really picky. You know what? If the, uh, the actor who played Renee ever comes to a convention, let's ask him about it. I want to. Okay. People certainly ask other stupid fucking questions. A tuck of Robert. What the hell is this? It starts like in the middle of a. I don't know. I copied and pasted it tuck of robert's napkin in his shirt at dinner changes between shots oh that's not that's fine sometimes it is tucked with one full edge in the sh <laughs> one who did this one full edge in the shirt other times it is tucked in by one corner with no single edge fully within his shirt unbelievable that is specific <laughs> Oh boy. Wesley Crusher was born in 2348 and his father, Jack, died in 2353. In this episode, Beverly says Jack never had a chance to record any more messages to Wesley, even though there was a gap of five years in which he could have done it. He's just also, being an absentee father, apparently. Like, why was he why was he doing that in the first place? Didn't he die on the shuttle with Picard that time? And it was like know. Yeah. So did he know he was gonna die? Like, seems so stupid. I think he just did it just to be like, I'm going to give it to you when you're 18. All the stuff, like, people do that now. Like, send, like, little voice messages or write letters, like, for you yeah. when you're, like, you were born today. You're screaming yeah. and crying and stink yeah, a lot. I'm going to tell you people at this at your 18th birthday and embarrass you. That's true. Mm -hmm. Right. Take it back. Okay, last one. After Counselor Troy leaves the captain's quarters at the beginning, the camera focuses on Picard with books in his hand. As he retrieves the books from the shelf, the bottom of the boom microphone is visible <laughs> on the reflective surface of the upper wall display in front of him. 
and it appears again when he returns the book to the shelf. <laughs> so I like bones. Microphone I like guy. Oh I don't God. like the sunlight issue. I do like boom mic issues. Yeah. Okay. All right. Spooky Horror Corner. Happy Halloween, everybody. It's coming Happy up. Halloween. We're recording on the 23rd. This is coming out later this week, right before spooky season. I've um, so also, much Halloween candy. I haven't had any yet, but oh, that doesn't mean I have been eating candy. Mm. Um, shall we do our BuzzFeed quizzes first? They're back in the round table. Oh my god, yes. Let's do this. Thank you. I forgot. We did a bunch of buzz, BuzzFeed quizzes that are like a theme of like Halloween and stuff. And we're going to share um, answers such as, which monster is your perfect significant other, Haley? Are you ready? Yes. So I'm just going to um so skeleton okay <laughs> i know you're into someone who can always make you laugh this is so fucking generic you're into someone who can always make you laugh isn't afraid to be the butt of a joke and gets your sarcastic jabs and sharp wit so like what are you a skeleton you sarah i um, am cuddle- not <laughs> no. but you you're into that you always make me laugh you're not afraid to be the butt of a joke and you get my sarcastic jazz i guess you do have a, we all have a spooky skeleton inside cuddling may not be their strong suit because they're a little well bony but one pro is that and get this skeletons never steal your leftovers ever and i just wrote <laughs> i don't have that problem <laughs> like i make enough food for both of us <laughs> what was the photo for yours I've... In a typical millennial fashion, I took a fucking <clears throat> screenshot of every single one. Yeah. A loser. Uh, it's just a, a, a skeleton. Because yeah. my significant other is ghost, but it was a photo of Beetlejuice. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I like Beetlejuice, but yeah, I guess it's ghost with the most. Uh, you like having your space and a ghost will give you just that and more. You won't even be on the same plane of existence. Your significant other is the ghostess with the mostest, and you'll always have a comfy sheet to snuggle with and keep you warm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I do like to have my space, so that makes sense. Anyway. Whew, BuzzFeed. Which horror movie villain matches your personality, Haley? Okay. So I got Chucky from Child's Play. <laughs> so what? I, I have not seen this movie, and there's no explanation of the doll's personality, no. so I looked it up. Yeah. Um, the following are components of the doll's personality. So you tell me if this is me. Malevolent and evil. Mm. Cunning and manipulative. Sadistic and violent. <laughs> foul mouthed, which is true. Mm. Determined. Eh, dark humor. Mm. Very true. And fear-inducing. <laughs> I will never watch this. <laughs> then I wrote this. I will never watch this movie. Did you have a doll growing up that you were afraid of? I had a koala whose face looked like a giant eye in the dark, so I hated it. Just <laughs> <so>. <laughs> oh my god, that is so funny. Um, I got Michael Myers from Halloween. Okay, not a doll. It's not a doll. Um, if anything I have in common with Michael Myers is that I, I do move slowly sometimes, like he does. I like piano music. And sometimes <laughs> if I want to kill somebody, I just kind of slowly go like this from behind a bush to look at them. Like that's literally all he is. Like, I don't know. Michael Myers, <laughs> Halloween, 1978. Up until this year, there's like constant Halloween movies coming out. Um, which Disney witch matches your personality? Okay, are you ready for this? 
Yes. Winfred Sanderson. From Hocus Pocus? From Hocus Pocus. You're By Hocus? similar to Winfred Sanderson from Hocus Pocus. You live for the drama and always have the tea on everyone. Your ambitious nature makes you a natural born leader, although you often find yourself getting, and then it says read more, and I screenshotted it, so I don't know what it says. <laughs> <And> then, <clears throat> so I don't have social media, so I, I can definitely confirm I don't have the tea on anyone ever. Um, I also really, really didn't like her character because I didn't think she was very pretty. And Sarah Jessica Parker was there. And at that time, she was like considered by me to be attractive. Not anymore. Um, but that's just my personal preference. Anyway. <laughs> I got the evil queen from Snow White. Oh, cool. I'm most similar to her. I'm very ambitious and intelligent and want nothing more than to succeed. <laughs> you can be quite competitive and sometimes you get carried away trying to be the best of everything. That's not really me, but I'll take it. Um, yeah, that's fine. She's she had cool. great cheekbones. Oh, um, cool hat thing. Big time. What's your sexy costume? The Mean Girls quiz. Ready? Yes. <clears throat> A sexy dead house plant you keep forgetting to water. <laughs> I, 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 I love it. A costume that's scary and sexy. What more could you ask for? And then I say, a real costume? <laughs> you know what mine is? What? Sexy corn on the cob. <laughs> Everyone will want to take a bite out of you. <laughs> so dumb. How would you even... It doesn't matter. It doesn't also, matter. I know all my plants are dead. Right? <laughs> it's a little too <laughs> intrusive. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> So for spooky horror corner, you you're welcome to. Um, I read what you found. I found more. You found a lot, yeah. So listeners, if you're looking for some scary movies to watch before Halloween that have people from Star Trek in them, here mm -hmm. you go. Haley did I a did, deep dive. I did. So what I did was I I tried to find like the main, just like one movie each kind yeah. of thing, and then it goes like there's a little synopsis what role they played and then when i googled it what came up okay <laughs> okay starting with patrick stewart in green room i really want to see this movie the synopsis is a punk rock band inadvertently becomes witnesses to a murder at a neo-nazi bar in the pacific northwest so specific and in our <laughs> neck of the woods right they find themselves trapped in the green room struggling to survive as they face off against the violent white supremacists patrick stewart's role patrick stewart plays darcy banker the leader of the neo-nazi group <laughs> and the main antagonist Ooh, i do want to see this um so when I Googled this movie, the main top Google search was what was the point of the green room movie? <laughs> okay. So there you yeah. Go. I've never seen it, but I do want to see it. It's on my I, list. I've never heard of it. He's got a little oh. facial hair going on. So yeah. there you go. Mm -hmm. Next Brent Spider in Independence Day, 1996 in this epic science fiction disaster film earth faces an imminent threat from an alien race that launches a worldwide attack various groups of people including military personnel and scientists join forces to defend humanity brent spiner plays dr brackish okun a scientist who works at area 51 and becomes involved in the study of captured extraterrestrial technology when i googled brent spiner independence day <laughs> google said did Data play an Independence Day? And who is the guy with long hair <laughs> in Independence Day? 
It's a good movie. Uh, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Bill Pullman at his best. Pullman or Paxton? Oh. LeVar Burton in the Midnight Hour, 1985. It's a good song. A, gr- <laughs> a group of <laughs> high school students inadvertently awakens a century-old curse on Halloween night when they open a long-sealed coffin in a small-town <laughs> cemetery. What? They must now find a way to stop the evil unleashed by the curse. LeVar Burton plays one of the high school students who becomes embroiled in the supernatural events. And when wow. I Googled, yeah, when I Googled, the top search was, where can I watch the movie The Midnight Hour? I've never heard of it. Okay, the next one is Will Wheaton in The Curse. And this is where I found out about his terrible treatment as a child actor and child. Um, but anyway, a meteor- we shouldn't watch this movie in solidarity. But a meteorite crashes near a rural farmhouse and its bizarre otherworldly properties begin to affect the flora and fauna in the area. This leads to increasingly dangerous and horrifying occurrences for the family living on the farm. Well, Wheaton plays the teenage son of the family who witnesses the terrifying events. <laughs> All right. And then Google said, what movie did Will Wheaton do with his sister? Which led me to the IMDb trivia piece that says Will wrote a blog post about how he and his sister were horribly exploited and abused in the production of The Curse. Straight up child abuse. Also, his website is kind of shitty and no one seems to comment much. And then I write in huge caps, I love Wesley and by extension, Will Wheaton. And I appreciate him even more for being vocal about what happened. That is so difficult and props. Absolutely. <laughs> Michael Dorn in Alien Nation, oh. 1988. In a science fiction world where aliens have integrated into human society, a human detective and his alien partner investigate a series of murders linked to a new alien drug. Michael Dorn plays Captain William Tug Ruger, the leader <laughs> of a gang involved in alien drug, drug trafficking. Sounds more like Dirk Diggler to me. <laughs> Google says, what, what is Michael Dorn nationality? And that's when I found out he was, became a vegan. Yeah. For health reasons. Marina Sirtis in Waxwork 2, 1988. A group of teenagers visits a mysterious wax museum where the exhibits depict classic horror scenarios. However, when they step inside the display, they find themselves transported into horrific situations and must fight to escape. Marina Sirtis plays a character named Gloria, one of the visitors to the wax museum. When I googled it, are Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis friends? Yes, they are. <laughs> they are. Which brings us to Jonathan Frakes and Clock Stoppers, 2002. Yeah. A teenager discovers a wristwatch that can stop time and he becomes embroiled in a high-stakes adventure as he battles those who seek to control the device's power. Jonathan Frakes directed this film but did not, uh, did not have an on-screen role. Then why did they add this? Because that's not what I asked for. <laughs> John Delancey in The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, 1992. Okay. Oh, me too. After a woman's husband commits suicide following a scandal, she takes on a new identity as a nanny and insinuates herself into the family of a woman she believes is responsible for her husband's downfall, seeking revenge. Mm-hmm. And it said that John Delancey plays Dr. Mott, a family physician who, quote, becomes involved in the unfolding drama. But when I Google it, John Delancey plays Dr. Mott, who is a sexual predator. In the- oh, God, that's a different story. <laughs> the horse of a different color. Oh. And then finally, they for some reason they included you Dwight, up Dwight Schultz, Schultz in oh. the temp, 1993. A corporate executive hires a new temp worker who initially appears to be the perfect employee. However, 
As time goes on, her behavior becomes increasingly erratic and dangerous, leading to a tense psychological thriller. And Dwight plays the character Roger Jasser, who is one of the colleagues at the company where the temp is working. And you know what? I just realized that this is actually Barclay, mm-hmm. not Dwight from The Office. No. I was like, why are they including <laughs> Dwight from The Office? And Dwight was not in TNG, but he was in the other one. Anyway. Anyway. Um, all I know is that when I was doing a little bit of a search, uh, Maureen has been in a lot. Uh, she's been in The Grudge 3, Vampire <laughs> Riders with a Z. Oh. Uh, Finders Keepers and the last Sharknado made for TV movie. Oh my God. And I also saw that Frakes did something called Devil's Gate in 2017. I'm not sure if it's a horror or a thriller, but he plays a sheriff. That would be good. That's I mean, very exciting. I think people have a long list. Yeah. yeah, except for the curse. Maybe don't watch that one. <clears throat> no, 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 no. That's not necessary. Yeah. I love it. Great job. Yeah, there you go. What are you, are you all decorated for Halloween? Or I'm decorated for Halloween. Away? Yeah, I mean, we're going away, but I still decorated. So I got just like some stuff on the mantle and like some spooky, you know, things like that out. And that's about it. Kept it simple. And uh, Frank's got a cowboy costume. He's got a little cowboy hat and a little red bandana. So yeah. I put him in that. And uh, we have someone staying at the house so they can give out candy. We stocked up on candy, but I haven't eaten it. Nice. And yeah, that's that's it. That's Halloween. Um, this is Halloween. Yeah. This is Halloween. Cool. To the monster mash. The oh, monster love mash. That song. I love it. It's my favorite. I listen to that shit in June. Yeah, you do. <laughs> all right. Um, that's it. We did that's it. All. That was it. That, that was number forty. That was episode number forty-eight. Family. Incorrect. Forty-eight. Forty-eight. I don't have anything for that. No, um, but we will be back with a 49. Don't worry. Um, our next episode is going to be, what is it? Cause and effect. Oh, I wish. No, I thought it was. It is. Yeah. Cause I fucking watched it today. <laughs> um, oh, good. Yeah. So that's 48 family. And remember, you can hear more of our old episodes or check out other great shows on the network by going to the website, trekkies.com or searching Trek Geeks wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a rate and review. I don't think anyone ever has. We'd love no, that. You can even be no honest idea. and be mean. I don't give a shit. Well, um, we'll change. Yeah, we'll, we'll try. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll just subscribe and listen as we try and change. <laughs> or get crazy and enjoy us and join us on Patreon where your subscription can get you fun perks like the unedited version of this shit box that mm. we call Rewind. It um, gets weirder, we, believe it or not. It does. And we also have a social media presence now on Blue Sky. It's like the the new version of Twitter. What? X. Yeah. Search for us at trekrewind.trekgeeks.com. Um, that's it. Tune in next time when we review another season banger. <laughs> Cause and effect. Until yeah. then, big thank you to all the listeners, Five Year Mission, and our Trek Geeks family. Two infinity. Apparently. And beyond. And beyond. And Haley Frequencies Closed. Etc. 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 You know the rest. You know the rest, as I like to say. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Did it.